0: that the highest king would welcome
1: Good morning, everyone. Let's take the lights down. Stand up and worship God this morning.
2: see you now God pour out your grace glorious grace
3: praise and thanks that you have brought us to this place. We just worship you and just seek your face in this time and hear what you have for us. And so God, just the rest of this time together, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to just move in a mighty way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone if you have a seat. We're going to celebrate communion at this moment. Last week, as part of our, um, our series, we talked about um, we've talked about knowing God, finding freedom, um, and that have been the first two that we talked about. And today we're going to talk about finding your purpose, and then next, um, next week, we're going to talk about making a difference, okay? And so right now um, Last week we talked about the four wounds of the cross, and pretty much how we are set free from those. If you missed that, please go ahead and check that out, um, and it's, it's, um, it's just a really, really good connection to this. And um, so we said we're going to have communion today. So uh, we just want to get our hearts and our minds ready. We recognize on the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to God, and, um, and he he, as, he, as they did in several years of tradition, he broke it and then he gave it to his disciples and said, Take it. And this is something that had been done for years. It had been done for year after year after year after year. And he took it and he broke it. And when he gave it to his disciples, he said, Take and eat from this, all of you. This is my body, which is broken for you. That was something new that they hadn't heard. And in, in a little while, they would learn what that actually meant. When the supper was over, he took the cup and again he gave thanks to God and blessed it and began to pass it around to his disciples. Again, something that had been done in Seder meals throughout history. And this time he changed it again. He said, hey, this is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these God's mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice in union with this offering of the cross that Christ gave for us. We pray that, you know, we're not perfect. Look around the room, we're not perfect. Look right in the mirror, we're not perfect. But one of the things that we know is that everything that Christ did was to take his perfection so that it connect us back to God, to forgive us, to free us, to cause us to find that purpose in life, but ultimately to make a difference in the world. And so today as we come, um, we, come we recognize a couple of things uh, that um, there's always been some things. We practice what's called an open table. Um, it's not my table, so I'm not telling you who's going to be there. It's a God's. Um, but the one thing that we do recognize is that there's some things that we all need to deal with, that we all have areas of our life where we miss the mark. That word in church is called sin. It's an old archery term, means miss the mark. Anybody sin this week? Okay, I probably did just about five seconds ago. You never know. Um, but, um, we all miss the mark of what God has intended for us. And that's why we're spending time in this series to talk about knowing God finding freedom, discovering our purpose, and making a difference in the world. And so, um, so right, if we have sin, we want to repent of that. And repent is simply a term that means about face, turn and go the other way, go the way that God has called us to. Um, do we have people in our lives that we don't mess with very well? Anybody? You might have on the way here. This weather makes us not mess with everybody, right? And so with that, um, we may have some people that we have conflict with in life. And if so, and we've tried to do everything we can to forgive, and then we, you know, we, we, we get used to saying, uh, turn the other cheek, and we've turned so many cheeks, we've had enough, right? Um, but that's not for us to decide, that's for us to go to God and say, hey, I've done everything I can, I need you right now. And I'm just going to add this today, that there's just some things in our lives that just aren't Right? There's just some stuff that's not right. And I'm not talking about from a level of things aren't right, like that so Societally, that people go, oh, they're not right. I'm just saying that in our spirits. Remember that bless, those who are blessed is a condition of the soul, not the stuff you have outside. We see somebody with lots of money and lots of stuff, and we say they're blessed. But we're blessed when we have the soul that whatever goes on out here, we are still connected to, go, to Christ. All right? So that's what I want you to do. If there's stuff in your life that you're just not feeling blessed by God, Just come to him now and have that. So, Lord, here we are. We are coming to your table, and we just ask that your presence meets us here. We love you, and God, forgive us for those areas where we missed the mark. Help us to restore relationships or at least to get free from the hold that the brokenness has on us. And, God, that we may find purpose in you. May we get our souls just blessed and in the right place, and that, God, we may make a difference in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team and the servers to come first.
4: out for you, and for many forgiveness of sins, the blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ poured out for you, and for many for the of sins. The blood of our Lord Jesus shed for you. The blood of Christ poured out for you.
3: So this is the table of the Lord. Just come as you're led. What we're gonna do is we're gonna have those um, in a second come from the back to the front this way come from the back this front this way and then that from the back to the front this way and around if you need time to pray go ahead and do that um, also we want to uh, allow you to uh, give your offering if you're visiting with us we do not expect you to do that you're our guest um, and we're just glad that you're here and connecting to the Lord today um, don't worry nobody's taking notes um, but what what I do want you to do is just to work one thing is to offer your heart up to the Lord just just meet the Lord in this and just say hey I want to I want to find out where I am. Who are you, Jesus, for my life? Um, and just come and just connect to his presence. Um, we'll have time to connect after this with each other. Don't use this time as a time for that. Use this as time to connect to one person. His name's Jesus. And just let him touch your heart and your life and just talk to you about what you need. All right? So just use this time right now, and we're going to worship. We're going to worship the Lord continually, not only in song. A lot of times we think worship is relegated to song. But again, it's a condition of our heart and our minds. And so please come. The table of the Lord is open. There's also, uh, if we need, we recognize people have allergies, there's a gluten-free section over here because we it's all made from the same stuff. We're all, we're all connected in the body of Christ. Amen.
1: I believe you'll always lead me All my days have been ordained All your thoughts toward me are holy holy you are the one you are worthy you are the one you are the one ever You are the one.
3: As those who have received what the Lord has given us, um, may we just recognize that we are referred to as the body of Christ, right? We are the body of Christ. And that I love the, not only the imagery, but the reminder to us that, you know, um, not, we all didn't receive one grape or a bite of a grape. We all didn't receive one, like, little thing of grain or whatever and go sit down. That all that was put together so that we could all be part of, of one. And that's what I, I believe partly of what Christ wants us, to become one and to connect and change the world. All right? So, uh, May you just go pass that love with everybody else. Amen. So you're going to start now as our kids are headed to our Sunday school time, and the rest of us are Haven kids, and the rest of us are going to greet one another. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Through eight. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord.
3: Um, there we go. Now you can hear me, right? Okay, so um, here we go. Uh, we have some prayers to lift up today. Um, the first one that we want to lift up is for Joanna Shea. Uh, Joanne Edwards and her granddaughter, there we go, Mrs. Harper um, had, had, Harper, had her feeding tube removed and is doing very well. So we thank God for that, that both babies are healthy. Prayer for uh, Donnie and Jason continually with their issues with addiction and recovery. Um, and uh, Jen asked for Jen Legullo asked for prayers for Benjamin, who has an interview for a full time position at Terumo on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Right, men? There you go. So be praying for that. Okay, be definitely be praying a lot for Benjamin to go ahead and um, seek seek well there, okay? Um, We want to continue to pray for everybody else, those who are experiencing loss and other things. Um, And so let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, here we are once again, and it seems like the year and the weeks are rolling along, but God, you remain the same, and you don't change. And thankfully, you don't change, God, because we need you to be consistent in the world that is always changing. And so as we are here today, God, just speak to us for... um, for those who are dealing with addiction and other kinds of things, God, I want to just claim once again the uh, message we talked about last week about freedom. We want freedom for them, and freedom in Christ is what they need um, to begin the process. Just anybody who is helping them, get free from that. God, continue to be there. For those um, who are dealing, uh, we give you praises for uh, little babies and others who are, who are connecting and who are learning and growing. Um, Thank God that you are using the medical staff to have them, give them that head start and to even help them, even more so be with the parents who feel helpless in those areas but are uh, trusting in you. For those of us who uh, are also trusting where we're looking for jobs and other kinds of things, God, just you be in there with Benjamin particularly this week. And most of all, God, may you be here with all of us here today that you will speak to us the words of life. In your name we pray, amen, amen. All right, a um, couple announcements that I want to touch on today. Uh, there's a lot of things happening. Today is our trunk or treat, and don't get upset or nervous about that. There is no trunks to worry about. It's going to be in here. Um, a couple of years ago, we had a trunk or treat, and we planned on trunks outside, and we had this weather. Um, and so this weather said we ain't doing trunks, so we all moved inside. And when we moved inside, we had an even more fun time. So guess what? We bring it inside. So here's, what you're, here's your job. You ready for your job? Number one, those who are setting up or decorating, you're to be here at 4 o'clock. Okay? The rest of you, it's 5 to 7, and, um, and here's what you're to do. You're to tell any kid or anybody in the neighborhood, because we would love to play at this place packed tonight, and to let you know if you're worried about rain. If you believe the weather people, it's supposed to get better by 2 o'clock today, so and, and nice and sunny. So we want to fill this place, have fun. Um, if you want, you can put on your costume and come as well. That would be awesome, all right? So um, so we are uh, we're glad we want to do this. It's a good time to have fun and get together. And, um, and just to see the different costumes. And there's always some, some really hilarious things that happen. So be there. If you're not a kid, put on a costume and come on. Or just come on out and help out. We would love to have you here. It's a great opportunity to be there. So that is tonight. What time? Five, starts at 5, 5 to 7. And if you're decorating or helping, set up. Four, there we go. Okay, very good. You guys are a little slow. Maybe it's the rain, but that's okay. All right, so um, a couple other things that we have here that I want to check out. Um, Again, Operation Christmas Child. And so we we have these. We are collecting these. You have the insert once again for Operation Christmas Child. It's underway. Um, Sunday, November 10th is we're going to be our collection day. Again, you can get one of the boxes and things that we have here. Excuse me, but what I, um, you can also go and get one of those little plastic boxes at the dollar store. You can pack them um, and fill them. My, my kids have always loved to go, from when they were little, to go to the dollar store and just pack stuff together and put it in there, and um, you know, tape it up so that the kids have it. Um, and there are um, there are really people that come to know the Lord through this. I think somebody was telling me last week. Um, I think uh, I was what two million. Two million. Right, two million last year? There were two million boxes that went to people last year. Now, let me put that in perspective. That is two million children around the world who have nothing at all. Nothing at all. And so just to know that they're receiving something in the name of Christ and that that actually can help them come to know Christ and help them really find out that there is somebody who loves them in this world in the name of Christ can change a life. So if you really want to what we're going to talk about next week make a difference, plan on going ahead and packing a couple of those boxes and um, and you know, we'll ship them off and all that other kind of stuff. If you don't feel like you want to pack the box, but you want to buy stuff, we would love to have as much stuff and our children and our uh, Haven kids, they are going to be packing boxes and it's a great time because they will bring them all up and put them in. And if you really want to see something awesome, go ahead and bring stuff in on the next few weeks and they will be packing and putting them together. So if you have anything extra um, or you want to go ahead and pack that in there, go for it. All right. So that's great. Um, and then also a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, you can see uh, Thanksgiving dinners. We have this here. Donations will be collected October uh, from October 27th, that's today, to November 24th. Remember, uh, Thanksgiving is later this year, um, and then we need 36 boxes to bless four, um, four to six uh, mem- families with four to six members. Um, 12 cooked turkeys for Northeast VFW we need delivered by the 26th, and we need 196 fresh or frozen turkeys or hams to make up for meals for our Walmart drive. What will happen, and if you want to help out with that, we are going to two Walmarts. Walmart has been, has been good by letting us be out there and collect, and at this time of year, people have been very philanthropic, and you can see that we really um, made big impacts Uh, with that. So it is a season of giving, but as people of God, we always can give. So these are people in our own community. So what you have is the opportunity to go ahead and give locally, to affect those who who are in need, and also to go ahead and give worldwide to people you may never ever meet until the day you meet them in heaven. Um, And so that is a powerful, powerful tool. All right? Is everybody good? All right, good. So please go ahead um, and think about those things and connect if you are able and willing. All right, so we are in week number three here, but um, our groups, they're in, they're in like a week three, but actually it'll be a week behind. We have a couple more weeks in our small groups. If you are here and you want to join one of our small groups, we have several of them, and we would love to have you just plug right on in. We're doing this series based off of this book called What's Next?, Okay, what's next? Because no matter where you are, we are all on a spiritual journey. Even atheists are on a spiritual journey. Um, but we are all on a spiritual journey. And if, you, if you've been around uh, church as long as I have, and for me, that's been my whole life, all 28 years of it. And um, um, so, uh, add 20. All right, so, um, but if that's what you, wherever you are, you are on a spiritual journey. And sometimes things get stale, am I right? Sometimes there's high points of our salvation or high points of coming to contact with the Holy Spirit or just the the work of the Lord. Sometimes we get caught up so much in the work of the Lord, we lose sight of God himself. And so in this, we are um, uh, basing off this book, which is based completely off of Scripture um, by Pastor Chris Hodges. And it is a journey to know, know. um, God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And so we still have some books we'd love for you to connect and be part of this, um, this really cool, uh, cool study that we're, we're talking about. And I'm trying to give some messages with the same topic that have some things that are a little bit different than the, than the uh, book itself. All right. So, um, we, the first couple of weeks, we had talked about several things. Today, we're going to talk about uh, discovering your purpose. And here's our theme verse from Proverbs. Here's our theme verse. Here it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Some of you may feel like your life is a complete stumble, that you're stumbling over your relationships, you're stumbling over your job, you're stumbling over relationships. Um, your, your work, you're stumbling, stumbling, stumbling. Like when it's completely dark and you go to try to find that flashlight. Anybody remember before you had cell phones, had to find the flashlight? And of course, and then if you're like me, um, the batteries were dead and you had to go stumble to find batteries. And who remembers these days? All right. Okay. So when we do that, we're kind of stumbling around looking for something um, in, in the middle of the night. And sometimes our lives seem that way, that we're stumbling over absolutely every area because we can't see what God is doing in our lives. How many of you are, if you're honest, you could say, God, I believe you're there, but I just am not seeing you in my life. I just feel like I'm just going from fall to fall or from trip to trip. And so, But it says, but when they attend to what he reveals, in order to to know what God reveals, you gotta know God and you gotta see it, um, they are the most blessed. And again, blessing is not about outward stuff, it's about the condition of your soul, the condition of where you are in the midst here. Uh, and what I want to say is, I believe that may, so many of us settle for so much less than what God has for us. And really, we want God to have it all. And many many parents, you can probably relate to this. You have something that you want your children to know and to have and experience, but sometimes they just don't want it. And you're like, I have so much more that's, that's better for you. If you'd see that. So what do we need to do? We need to know the path of life. And the path of life is simply this, and we see this in in Psalm, it's written here, and it says, David says, you will show me the way of life. So God, okay, even though I can't see and I'm stumbling through life, I trust that you're going to show me the way, and you're going to do that, and how am I going to know? Because when you show me that way of life, and I live in that path, you're going to grant me the joy of your presence. To be in God's presence is going to give us joy, And the pleasure of living with you, how long? Forever, forever forever and ever. So in other words, we just gotta not get stuck on this journey. There are many of us that are stuck in a place. We're stuck in an area where we don't have much joy in our life. We're stuck in an area where we don't have much pleasure. But God wants to have us on the journey and wants us to go ahead And keep on cruising. All right? Sound good? So our four steps are our four areas, once again, that we've been talking about. And again, today is week three. Our first one was know God. Everybody say know know God. Now, where we mess this up is we think, no, it means know about God. Or maybe I know of God because I went to vacation Bible school or because I took a Bible study. But that's not what it means. That term is gnosko, which is an intimate nature. It's an intimate connection only used in Greek when um, in talking about a marital or a connection relationship with that. So when Jesus said, I want you to know God, they went, whoa, what? But it was that closeness and that intimacy. Because Jesus is not a religion, he's a relationship. And we need to know that. The next thing that we talked about last week, and many of you know we took the cross of Christ. And we talked about, about the wounds of the cross. We took Isaiah, when Isaiah saw um, you know, many, many years ahead of time, 800 plus years ahead of time, and it was revealed to him through Christ what he would go through, and we took those things, and we saw that how we are set free from those areas, how there's freedom in our hands, that the nails gave us freedom from everything we've ever done and every place we've ever been. I don't know about you, but that was a very freeing concept to me, to recognize that everything I've ever done, my hands were there and active in that, And some of it ain't too good. Anybody with me? No amens to that one, all right. Um, But, and everywhere, anybody ever been someplace where you weren't supposed to be? Yep, there we go. No amens again, all right. Um, But you get there, and you're you're there. Isn't it nice to know that we have a, a Savior who took all that upon himself? And freed us from just many of those things. So again, if you haven't seen that, go ahead and check it out online um, or on our app. We really want you to to get to know that because it it really connected with me a lot and from things that I heard with other people. And with that, we we want freedom with that. And so that's what Christ brings in those areas of freedom. Today we're going to talk about discovering purpose. Purpose. Um, Because we can, many of us are searching for it and we don't have, or we may not have the right one. Um, and honestly, they say that most of the trouble is in this area. I'll talk to, about that in a little bit. And then next week, we're gonna wrap this portion up and talk about making a difference because what we know is people like to, make, um, like to see making a difference, and that is the true meaning of life for many people is that, hey, I wanna make a difference in others' lives, not just for me. You know the whole thing? He who dies with the most toys... Dies. Okay, so that's what happens. You don't take one any of it with you. All right. There are some stories every year, uh, every so often that I'm baffled by, where people go ahead and they um and they are uh they try they pack they they want to build a bigger casket or whatever and have a lot of stuff in there. Um, I don't know why. Um, because that would be like somebody wanting to dig you up. I would think not to see you, but to get your stuff. But anyway, um. That's the world we live in, right? Okay, so, um, so again, m- next week's gonna be talking about making a difference. Also, um, I'm gonna give you some updates on Haiti, just to let you know Pastor Oog's wife uh, is, is planning on going and getting heart surgery in Cuba, so we wanna lift them up. We also wanted to give you some updates about what's going on in, in Haiti, and it's not good. Um, the government, it's, it's very bad. Some of the people that we love, many of them are safe, um, but just to let you know that some of them, there's no school, there's no work um, because of the riots and other things. Many people have been um, attacked and killed um, in the process of this because of the conflict with the government. And um, and he said that even sometimes they, you go to the store and there's nothing in the grocery store because the trucks and things can't get things there. And he said, But he said to me, God will provide, and we trust that. So be praying for them and step that up a lot there, okay? Um, so, uh, But what we want to talk about is ultimately what does God want for us in the meaning of life? And there's a story that, says this about the meaning of life, that God created a dog and said, sit all day by the door of your house and bark at anyone who comes in or walks past. For this I will give you a lifespan of 20 years. The dog said, well, you know, God, that's a long time to be barking. How about only 10 years and I'll give you back the other 10? And God said, all right, sounds good to me. So then God created a monkey, and he said, entertain people, do tricks, make them laugh, and for this I will give you a 20-year lifespan. The monkey said, monkey tricks for 20 years? That's a pretty long time to perform. How about if I give you 10 back like the dog did? God said, sounds good to me. Let's go for it. So God created the cow. And and he said, you must go into the field with the farmer all day and suffer under the sun, have calves, and give milk to support the farmer's family. For this, I will give you a lifespan of 60 years. You can imagine what the cow said. The cow said this, that's kind of tough. That's kind of tough. That's the life that you want me to live? Are you kidding? And he said, and God agreed. So after that, God created man. And so he started to think about this. And so what he did, he took the years, the 10 years that the dog gave him. He took the, uh, the 10 years that the monkey gave him. And the cow gave back uh, uh, other 40. Anybody want to add that up? Huh? What is it? So this is why man... Now, goes ahead, and for the first year, uh, and for the first time, they work a lot of their years, okay? God gave him back, took back 30, sorry, 40. So uh, he went ahead, the cow went back, worked 30 years, and for several years then had grandchildren and acted like a fool in front of his grandchildren, and then when they get older, they just sit on the, on the porch and bark at everybody coming by, all right? So that's the meaning of life. There we go. All right, so here we go. Let's look here in uh, Romans t- chapter 12. We see this, and this is a verse that we're gonna look at. Because what I said is, when we look for finding purpose, when we look to discover purpose, this is the most troubling area that people in seminaries and have done research have ever found. They have said that 87% of the people, Christian people in church, do not know what their purpose is. 87% of people have no clue what their purpose in life is, of people in church. Now, one of the things, one of the illustrations, and we mentioned it today during communion, that people talk about in, of Christians is that we are the body of Christ. Now, stop for a second and think if 87% of your body had no clue what its purpose was for. How well would you function? Not much at all. Okay, not much at all. You might be in a wheelchair, comatose, laying on the ground. You may be dead if 87% of your body did not work. And maybe, just maybe, that's why the church is not as effective as it should be in the world. If 87% of the body has no clue at all what our purpose is, then we aren't functioning the way God has called us to be. And so in order to make, to, to, to find our purpose, we have to recognize this. This is one of our problems. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 12. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. You see, a lot of us are chasing after what the world says we should do and what we should be and how we should act and how we should live. We follow the world's pattern. But let God transform you into a new person, changing the way you think and act. You see, all we are all in pursuit of something whether we like it or not. Every one of us pursues something. Whether it's a person, whether it's a, a job, whether it's a career, whatever it may be, but we are pursuing something. And if you look at all the ills of society and all the things going wrong, it's often because people are pursuing the wrong things. Constantly pursuing the wrong things. And so what this says here is when we follow the customs of this world, We get off of what God calls us to do. And when we get off of what God has called us to do, we need to get back onto what God causes us to do and calls us to do. And in that way, we will transform our mind. And that's going to be my job here today. I am going to try to transform your mind, but it's not going to be me at all. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. Because once our minds are transformed, then, everybody say then. Then you will learn to Look at this. No to Genosco. God's will for you which is good, pleasing and perfect. Does that sound like your life? Good, pleasing and perfect? If not, pay attention today. Here we go. So, in looking at this that God wants to give us good, pleasing and perfect. Perfect. I thought, where do I need to start? And so here's where I wanted to start today. I thought I wanted to start at the enemies of your purpose. What are the things that are against your purpose? And so let's look at some of these. Our first one that's up here, confusion. And hopefully I can help you get through this today and and focus a little bit more. Confusion. That um, the Apostle Paul actually prayed and wrote this down when he was talking about the body of Christ. He prayed and he said, I do not want you to be ignorant of your spiritual gift. I, I want you to know what God has created you to do. I want you to know why you're here. And so that is the first one. So many times we are just confused and we saw that 87% of the people have no clue, basically because of confusion and they have no idea. Number two, this is a big one, comparison. How many of us have ever compared ourselves to somebody? Anyone? Anybody? Pastors are real good at it, just to let you know we 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 always want to want to go ahead and there's a story of a a man, uh, a young pastor, back in the day when, um, when they had the temperance movement against alcohol in the United States, and he had seen some of these great early preachers, and he had been to a revival, and this one pastor stood up, and he was like, if I had all the beer in the world, I'd throw it in the river and do this, and he said, oh my gosh, I'm going back to my church, and I'm taking that this week, and I will be as big and awesome as him. So he's going back, and he started out, and it came to the end of his, toward the end of his temperance sermon. And he had great fervor, and he had practiced this all week. And he said, if I had all the beer in the world, I would take it and throw it in the river. And, and the people all went, amen. Help me out here. So he says, if I had all the beer, I'd take it and throw it in the river. Amen. There you go. Okay, so you, uh, we get this. And he said, if I had all the wine that existed in the world, I'd take it and I'd throw it in the river. And the crowd said? Amen. And then he said, if I had all the whiskey and the demon rum in the world, I'd take it and I'd throw it in the river. And the people said? Amen. And then everybody said, hallelujah, and he sat down. He was so excited. At that, the choir director came up and said, and now for our closing hymn, we'll sing number 365, Shall We Gather at the River? <laughs> All right. All right. So many times. People are like, when are we going? Okay. Um, so many times in life. We compare ourselves to somebody else, and often we can't find our own calling because we're too focused on somebody else's. And when we're looking at somebody else's portion in life, we're never going to be able to recognize and live out our own because we were uniquely called. And, you know, social media drives us batty with this thing. Am I right? Because you see that this person has the perfect job, the perfect family, the perfect life, the perfect car, the perfect house, right? Right? Just to let you know, that's their highlight reel. Their lives are as messy, if not more, than yours. When you put somebody's highlight reel out there all the time, it looks good. And that's what social media, nobody ever puts, I wanted to strangle my kids today, here they are. Look at them, oh, congratulations, my kid is an F student. You don't see that bumper sticker on the back. You never see that, no. But we are always, always, always gonna be miserable desiring somebody else's calling in life. God created us for something special, not everyone else. And the last one is this, counterfeit. Counterfeit. That we really pursue the wrong thing. We, th- we thought that that would be it. That would give us life. That would give us hope. That would, that would make us feel good, but it doesn't. We thought that maybe that career is what we need, but when we recognize, you know, you know, uh, I heard somebody say one time, when you take a glass of water and you put your finger in it and you pull it away, the ripple that's left there is about how much you mean to that job in the grand scheme of things. Every single one of us is replaceable. Am I right? There were people doing this stuff that we do years before. And they say, thank you for being here. And when you leave, you're done. I remember my dad telling me the biggest thing about retiring after 43 years was that first day nobody needed him for anything. Right? And so you have that, that whole kind of thing. Right, And so, God had a purpose in your life before you were even born. God uniquely created you for a purpose. You see, God had the purpose and then made you. And I want you to hear something today, and if you hear nothing else, there are no mistakes. There are no mistakes. I don't care if... That's what happened. You, you weren't planning for it. There are no mistakes. God had a purpose and created you for that. Amen. So every, I, what I believe in my heart is every pregnancy, God had a purpose and wants to fulfill that with that child that and that life. I, I believe every bit of my heart. And I'm going to tell you why, because in Psalm 139, it says this right here. It says, for God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together. In my mother's room. Now, I don't know about you. Anybody ever have, anybody ever knit? Anybody ever seen somebody knit? Yeah, I don't knit either. But you see that? You don't just go, poof, right? What this tells me is God cares so much about this that he sat down with me, with you, with every life that is born or yet to be born. God had this purpose, said, ah, I know what I need to do with this one. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And then, then look at this, I praise you, and you kind of get this cockiness from, from David, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, is that cocky? No, that's somebody confident in that God, that he has a purpose for God, I praise you because I am awesome, look at the person next to you and say, I am awesome, <laughs> All right. All right. And then look what he says, your works, in other words, I am your work, I am your plan. God, I am your plan, I know my parents, maybe my parents didn't plan me, but I am perfect, and you did, and you did plan me, and your works are wonderful. So look at the next person, that, look at the next person and say, I am wonderful. <laughs> and look what he says, I know that full well. You see, I'm going to say right here, right now in this room right now, there are some people who don't think you're wonderful. There are some people that do not think that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that you've been told since you were young that you're an accident, that you wish you'd never been born and all that kind of stuff. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God had a purpose for your life. And he just wants to bring it together. You are his beloved, perfect creation. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And don't let any person or any person in anything in the world tell you anything different. You are perfect and you are, God has a plan for your life. And that's what we need. That plan, I, and so you can be, David, next person, say, I wish you were never born. And say, you may not, but God wanted me here and I know that full well. Amen. All the days, we just saying this, all the days ordained for me were written in your book of life before one ever came about. You see, you have a purpose, and it's important. Why are we doing this study? Because I, I, we're, we're not only doing a study to help you, but we're also helping us as a church to begin, because our goal is to make disciples. And I don't believe that we, we can make disciples unless we really know God intimately. All right? To know God. I don't believe we can get there unless we find freedom from the stuff in our lives that we've lived And I don't believe we can get to where God wants us to be to be the disciples that we need to be until we find the purpose we were created for. And then once we find that, it'll be easy to make a difference in the world. And so we are in a process of really helping you and putting some things together in our church in a growth pattern to go ahead and get us there. Because I believe our weekend services help us know God. I believe our small groups are what help us find freedom. I truly believe that. And so if you're struggling to find freedom from stuff, connect to one of our small groups. Do life together. This, and these last two, we're really working on this process to have an avenue for you to discover God's purpose for your life and to make a difference by sharing by we, as we grow and share in this world. You see, what I want to say is simply this, that God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. The design that I was created for is God's destiny for me? And this is going to be a theme that we're going to, you're going to hear me say a lot. Because design implies that there is a purpose. For instance, if I pick up my guitar, it is not made to go ahead and nail, put nails in, a, in a wood, right? It was designed for music and for instrument, and it was intricately made for that purpose, And so if a guitar implies that, if a computer implies that, if a keyboard, if lights are for that, then how much more do you think that the designer, the creator of the universe created and designed you, knit you together for a purpose in this world, for a destiny? And I forgot to wear it today, but when I was down in Alabama... Um, I was at the church, like one of the churches that Chris uh, Hodges is the pastor of, and he gave, me, uh, gave shirts to all the pastors and people who were there. And it was a shirt that, uh, I'll, I'll put it on next week, it said, I was made for this. Right? To know that you were made for this, and what that this is, is what God needs to reveal to you. If your life, in your life you have been completely dissatisfied, then maybe, just maybe, you're pursuing the wrong things. My goal in life for 23 to 24 years has been to help take people on a journey. I want to let you know there are several things I despise about being a pastor. One of those is administration and meetings and conflicts. I hate them. I don't like them. But I'll tell you one of the things I love. I love the fact, and I I believe I was made for the fact to help people get a little bit closer to Jesus. And I think that I was made to help teach people about who he is. Um, For me, that's what I am made for I'm made for, and I'm made for journeying with people, loving you, being there with you, whatever problem you have. I will be there with you. I will lay down my life for you. I will do that. That's just who I am created to be. In all my nature, I am a teacher and a person that wants to come alongside and help you grow a little bit closer to God and to each other. That's all, that's my whole goal, all right, in life. Um, And so um, what I want to say is I know in those areas of my life that God called me to those areas of my life. I know that then I know that and so here's some questions that as we as we work through this process and we begin to have a better process for us in the church not just in in sermons but in that third area to find purpose I want to ask some questions these are going to be some questions that we're going to ask and we're going to be able to impact what are your natural talents what are your natural talents what abilities do you naturally have I got to tell you over the years I've been in churches where people let anybody sing and that is bad I'm just telling you Scripture says make a joyful noise unto the Lord, not to the congregation. That's bad. Some of you can't carry it to in a bucket. Keep it there, okay? You know what I mean? You get it, right? Make the joyful noise to the Lord, but don't stand up here and want to give that gift you don't have naturally. Anybody with me? Anybody heard any of them songs? Anybody like hearing those people sing? No. You may not like hear me. It's okay. Alright? So, but what abilities has God naturally given to you? There's some of you that are so gifted in other areas. Like, there are people I have seen that are gifted in artwork, and I am amazed by it. I am the best artist when it comes to stick people. And some of my students and some people who have done Bible study with me know it is horrific. You've just seen me doing the throne room of Isaiah in disciple Bible study. Some of you are still scarred by that. Am I right? Yes, I see the heads. not mine. I cannot draw. But that's okay. Somebody in here can. Use it for the glory of God. I've seen, some of you might remember those the the chalk chalk artists and stuff that have done that over the years. Anybody seen that? And see how God brings an amazing, an amazing area to that. Next thing, your spiritual gifts. Your spiritual gifts. What are those motivational gifts? Because the spiritual gifts are made to build up the body of Christ. What we've done because 87% don't know what their gift is, the church has been really good, bad, or whatever you want to say, taking warm bodies and plopping them in places. And guess what? Those areas suffer. How would it work if I took my heart and put as my foot? Not very good, just to let you know. All right? And so we, we do that. But what are those things that when you do them, they motivate other people? They motivate other people, those spiritual gifts. Some people have a gift of leadership, some with speaking. Some of you have a gift with children. And, and age has nothing to do with it. It's a giftedness that you have. What are your inward desires? What are the desires of your heart? And all this stuff, I don't have blanks on these, but um, these are just extra today. All right, so um, what are your inward desires? What do you really want to do? What is your heart of heart saying, this is where I want to be? This is where I want to serve God, all right? Um, four, what are the results and fruit? In other words, where does your life produce the best? What are the areas where your life produces and it gives life and, uh, and more and more? What about this one, affirmation and recognition? What do others affirm in you? What do they say, man, you're, you're going to, I can tell you I'm here. One of the reasons why I'm here right now is because other people would not leave me alone. Even when I was in the belly of the, of the big fish, people still said to me, God has a call in your life and wants you to be a pastor, okay? It is the affirmation of others that helps build you up. And so guess what? If there's people in your life that you know that are not being affirmed, you need to pick up and affirm them. Number six. What are your passions and convictions? What are you compelled to do? For me, it's teaching and helping others. I love helping other people. I love helping other people in any kind of way possible. And then last one, what circumstances and opportunity are in front of you right now? What is that circumstance that's right in front of you that God says, here it is, and you can go ahead? So, now that I got all those out in warp speed, what I want to share with you is with the message today is how in the Bible did people discover their purpose? And I want to tell you, I found four consistent ways. Now, you may find one or two others, but I found four regular consistent ways about how people found the purpose God called them to do. So if you want to know God's purpose, pay attention, because here we go. You ready? Okay, so here we go. Number one, there was a call from birth a call from birth. You can find this by when you talk to people later in life and they say, you know, at an early age, I really thought I wanted to. Or at an early age, I always did thus and so. But because when I was young, this happened. But then because of finances, because of life, because of too many kids, because of whatever, I got off track. And I want to tell you that Many of us believe that we are too far along off of the path of what God has called us to do to answer that call. But let me tell you something, you gotta take scripture as a whole, and here's what the Bible says. It says God's call is irrevocable. I don't care if you're 90 years old. You know how old Moses was? 80 when he started doing ministry. Some of you still got time? Some of you are like, Whew, I'm past that. Don't worry. I will tell you know how old Sarah and Abraham were when they had a kid? Yeah, never say never is what I'm saying. <laughs> 90s. No thank you, Jesus, right? What I am saying is what we say is past, God says, oh, I can restore the years the locust took. So if I put a call on your life, if I created you from a purpose for a bur- from birth, and I knit you together for that purpose, and you spent all this life not doing that, oh, I will make sure you get that way. Isn't that an awesome God? It's an awesome God. All right? So God's call is irrevocable, and we need to look at that one. Here, probably the best example of this in Scripture is Jeremiah. Look at what it says here in Jeremiah chapter one at the very beginning. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And that before he was even Put together before he's informed. God had a purpose that Jeremiah was going to be a prophet to the nations. Before he was even born, before he was even done that. He set him apart for that. And look at Jeremiah. He does what we do. Alas, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. And God says, shut up. (laughs) Now, Now you spoke enough, shut up right now. Do not say I'm too young. You know, Moses also did the same thing. (laughs) Wait, God, I can't speak. He says, that's all right. I'll send your brother Aaron with you. He'll speak for you. And you know what's cool about that? You never hear about Aaron speaking. You always hear Moses speaking. Because this is what God wants to do. God wants to take all those excuses and say, guess what? Once you know me, then my power can be manifest in you. And people can say, whoa, did they say that? Is that what happened? God wants to give you the power to live out the calling that he's created you for. Young people in here, those young people, hear me, you are not too young. The world may tell you you're too young for this and too young for that, but God has placed a call in your life, and he wants to, hear, to live that out through you. Older people, you can pick who that is, all right? God has a call in your life, and just because you're retired or just because you have grandchildren or just because you did that for 40 years, you ain't done. You ain't done until he takes the last breath out of your, out of your breath, and then you got a lot more to do in heaven with worshiping him. God wants to give you the power to live out your calling here. And so Isaiah said, and then, he says, then God says to him, you must go to everyone I send, to you, send you to and say whatever I command you, just to let you know that was not a joy for him in his life, saying all the things that God told him to do. He wanted to be silent, but every time that fire shut up in his bones because his purpose lived out. He said, don't be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. He says, don't be afraid and go and do and be. I got to tell you, and some of you have heard this before. When I was five years old, I saw a chalk drawing artist. Um, we were at a Christian coffee house. Uh, long story short, they asked about who accepted Christ. It was all a whole bunch of young people. Everybody raised their hand. My sister raised her hand, Jill. So I raised my hand because I was drugged everywhere with her by my parents, whether I liked it or not. Um, and so, and she said, I remember saying, no, not you, Jack. You haven't, you haven't accepted Christ yet. And I was like, okay. Now, I'm five years old. In our denominational standards, we set these rules and regulations up about when we are of an age to know God and know about God, and we have confirmations, and we have baptism, we have all these kind of rules. But just to let you know, I do know one thing. I know that, that Sunday, after my father gave an altar call in Christ Church in Fegelsburg, a little five-year-old got out, walked up the aisle, and knelt, okay? And what I do remember is I remember saying what he told me to do. I don't know specifically. I remember a lot of people around me laying hands. I remember a lot of people uh, crying and hugging and all that kind of stuff. Um, but one of the things that consistently happened from that time is there were a handful of people who told my father, my mother, and even me as I got older that they saw the hand of Jesus all my life at that moment. Now. You grow up with that sucker, all right? It ain't fun. In your teenage years, you're like, oh, I saw you, Jesus. No, I wasn't there. I didn't do anything, right? You know? But what I'm saying is people spoke a word, a prophecy to me from that point where the world may say I'm too young. Jesus says, that's what I created you for. And so you're darn right you're going to see my hand there, right? Each and every day of life, you need to live that out. So for our Haven kids that left this room, you need to prophesy over them. I had a lady who when I was in college and I, then I graduated and I was doing work. Her name's Ellie Quick. I saw her go ahead and she, she annoyed the packing out of me. I'm in my 20s and I finished college and I was starting my career and doing whatever. And after church every Sunday, she'd say, Jack, come here, Jack. I'd be like, I go over she'd go, Jack, you need to pray for this person. You need to pray for this person. When you pray for people, to get well. I'm like, I'm just sitting here. He's the preacher. He's the pastor. Jack, come here. Jack, Jack, every week I try to like avoid her. You know, you ever do that? You ever see somebody in like Walmart, you don't want to see, and you go, you know, you go around the corner, and then they come around the corner. And you're like, oh, hey, how are you? Okay, you've all done it. You're all evil. Repent, okay? Um, but what I'm saying is try to do that in church. Every week. I went to a Bible study that she did. In like a couple of weeks, she had me leading the thing. I'm like, what is your problem? And she said, no, you got to do this. And she's still somebody I can call today and say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what God, I can call her. Not after, after not seeing her for a year or two. And boom, she is one of those people who do that. These Haven kids that come out of here, you need, this is your responsibility. You need to speak words of God to them. Because they're getting a total different message outside the world. We need to speak life into that. All right? Uh, growing growing awareness, number two. A growing awareness. This is kind of incremental. And probably the best story of this is a story in the Old Testament in Genesis about uh, Joseph. It's one of the best stories throughout Scripture. Here, here's a long story short. Joseph had lots of brothers. He was a younger one. Joseph was a mama's boy. The rest of them had to work out in the field and, and, and uh, his mama's boy and daddy's boy, so he went out. He had this nice, richly ornamented robe, okay? So while his brothers are out there slaving and working, he walks out there, and he had these dreams. So he does something that's not probably really good. I don't blame the brothers at this point, because he's kind of a jerk. He walks out, and he says, hey, here I am. Oh, man, it's hot out here. Woo! And he's out there in this nice new robe that daddy bought for him, and he says, hey, I had a dream that all you suckers are going to bow down to me. Anybody have siblings? What's that going to be? Ding, 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 ring the bell, right? They got so tired of him that here he came again one day and they said, let's get that sucker, let's kill him. One of his brothers said, no, 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 let's not kill him. Let's sell him into slavery. So what ended up happening? He was taken, the robe was ripped off him. They put blood on it, said he was killed by a wild animal. They sold him into slavery. He ended up in Egypt. He ended up at Potiphar's house. He was a good looking guy. Potiphar's wife said, you look good to me. And she ripped his clothes off him. That's how good he looked, all right? So then when he ran away from her, she said, guess what? He tried to rape me. He went ahead. He, they had him locked in prison. While he was in prison, he was there with two people who were associated next to the king. He said, they had dreams. He said, don't forget me. They went, the one, they all forgot him, just to let you know. All of a sudden, Pharaoh has a dream. He's been there his whole entire adult life. We see a couple of chapters, but he was a kid, and his whole entire adult life, young adult life, he is in prison, and it ain't good. He might say, God, where are you? And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh has a dream and the guy goes, oh, I forgot about Joseph. They bring Joseph in. Long story short, Joseph ends up becoming second in command of all of Egypt. That's pretty awesome. But see, he didn't have that when he was still that boy saying, woo, I'm at home in, in this way. He had to go through these things. Now, God didn't cause these things, but God used every one of these to put him in a place where he would save the world. And here we are. It's at the end, and his brothers, he reveals himself to his brothers. And you know that uh-oh moment. Here it is, right here. His brothers, he says, hey, guess what, guys? I'm Joseph. And they go, we're dead. And he says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is being done, the saving of many lives. So in this growing awareness, what we see is that God will use your struggles, every single one of them, he'll use your hardships, all to go ahead and help somebody else. God doesn't want to cause them. God wants to bring life, and when he created, he said everything was good. But we, in, in Jesus said to us, in this world you will have what? Trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So what we're seeing is bad stuff's gonna happen. But guess what? God wins in the end. God brings the victory and will bring many people. Number three, here we go. Number three, walking through open doors. In Revelation, the scripture tells us that God opens doors that no man or woman can, sh- can shut, and when he closes the door, nobody can open. That's why, that's why Noah didn't jump out of the ark, because God shut the door. You may have an opportunity in your life now, and you may wonder, you wonder, gosh, if I did this, if I tried this, if I, I wonder what would happen. And I'm gonna tell you this, you never know until you go through the door. Never, ever, ever know until you go through the door. I think the best person here is a lady named Esther. She became a queen, but Esther was adopted because her parents died. She came from a broken family, and she was a Jewish, a young Jewish woman in a Babylonian culture. Not a good combination. So basically, there was this king, Babylonian king, and he had a wife, and he wanted to show her off. And she said, I ain't coming. And he said, you're right, you're not. You're fired as queen. So he got rid of her, and then he had a beauty pageant with all the young women, Babylonians and and Jewish women, and said, let's have a beauty pageant. I'm going to pick the one. I'm going to pick my next queen. And so Esther won. She was that beautiful that she won. And that he had somebody on the king's cabinet who tried to kill, wanted to wipe out all the Jews. And just to let you know, that is a history thing. They love to wipe out the Jews. Satan has been trying to wipe out the Jewish people for all of history. And so he's trying to do that. And then Esther's uncle Mordecai pulls her aside and says, let me tell you, you didn't win this just because you're, you're, you're a fine-looking little thing. He said, you won this, the king, you would, have, you would have the ear of the king. And here's what he says in this section. So he says to her, for if you remain silent, because if she had approached the king without him calling her, she could have been killed. And we know he's not very nice if you don't, if you don't do what he says. But Mordecai says, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And then Mordecai continues and he says this, and who knows by that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Some of you here right now have an opportunity before you for such a time as this. God created you for such a time as this. This church exists with a lot of hardship that has gone on in my life and a lot of joys that have gone on in my life, and I always wanted to start a church. I felt that calling on my life, but it was when I had to walk through the door and found out that everything that was promised wasn't there, that I had to trust in God that God made this happen. For such a time as this, God has created every single one of you with a purpose for this time. You're placed in this area, in this culture, with your skills, for this time. It's not for you. Because all that stuff that you do eventually will be written very smallly in an obituary and be done. And people will forget about you and look you up at Ancestry.com many years later. You were created for a purpose by God for God. And for the others in this world to make a difference, and so what's the last thing that you need? You need an encounter with God, an encounter with God. As our worship team comes up, I'm going to talk a little bit about an encounter with God, and it comes from the Apostle Paul. It says, meanwhile, Saul, which was his name at the time was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He was killing Christians. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that if he found anyone who belonged to the way, they weren't Christians yet, they were called the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem and to kill them. That's what Paul, who we know as Paul, Saul wanted to do. He felt he was right. The, the first recorded martyr, Stephen, saw Paul was standing there holding the coats of those who killed him. Standing there, giving his approval. Yes, there's one of them. Let's go get them. And so, As he neared Damascus, so he is going to Damascus to round up the Christians, to bring them back to trial so that they can be killed. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And just to let you know, God rarely does the same thing twice. God spoke to Moses in a burning bush. He ain't done it since. Right? God loves to do, God's pretty creative. And so this light fell from heaven, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? You see, Jesus recognized, and he said, um, who are you? Let me finish this first. He said, who are you, Lord? Saul, And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It wasn't the Christians. It was his people, the body of Christ. He was killing Jesus at that moment. And he was there. Now, at this point, God could have gone and left him a a little smoldering pile of ashes. I'll take care of Saul. Boom. But that's not what he did. What did he do? He says to him, You know, you're persecuting me. Now get up and go. Some of you need a get up and go moment. You need an encounter with God that has you get up and go and not sit and and wait. We've been sitting, church has been sitting and waiting if 87% doesn't know their giftedness. We've been sitting and waiting far too long and allowing the world and everything else to get going. And that might be, dare I say, the reason why we're in the situation we are in this world. The reason why there's poverty that is just all over the place. The reason why there are tragedies and there's disasters and people kill you for 10 cents. Maybe because we have forgotten or we haven't connected to the gift and the calling that God has called us to. And he's telling us right now, hey, boom, here's the light. Get up and go. And he sent Saul, into the city, into Damascus where he's going to kill them. Get up and go, and you will be told what you must do. I then find it interesting that he went to a guy named Ananias and said, hey, you know that Paul guy, that Saul guy who's killing Christians? Here's your calling. You're to go lay hands on him. He's like, excuse me? No, that sucker is killing people. He said, I have, if you look at the scripture, I have chosen him. Notice that purpose. That even though Saul had gotten his purpose off gear, that light on the road to Damascus while he was going to do his other purpose, Jesus at that moment said, no, you're going to get up and go. He blinded him and caused somebody else to come. I say if Ananias hadn't answered his call, we may never know the apostle Paul. He went and laid hands on him and he called him brother Saul. You see, Ananias' gift was loving him unconditionally. And after that, Saul became Paul who wrote most of the New Testament and shaped the Christian church that we have forevermore. Why? Because his purpose from birth, God chose him, created him to be a light to the Gentiles. Paul, Peter, John, um, anybody is not any more special than you and I. We have a purpose and a calling from God because here's what you need to learn. God created me on purpose. God created me on purpose. God created me on purpose for a purpose. God created you on purpose for a purpose. You are not a mistake. You were called by God. Before he ever knew you, he formed you. He he called you. Before he ever formed you and before you were ever born, he had a plan for your life. And it's about time we turn those numbers around. Can you imagine what would happen if 87% of us in this room connected to our calling for Christ, how we would change this area in the world for him? Disciples had no clue. They were fishermen, tax collectors. They were lost. But when they met Jesus, and even up until his death, they thought they knew him, but they didn't. But when they saw the resurrected Lord, and they experienced the Holy Spirit, and they knew him, they were set free. And when they were set free, their calling was to go and make disciples of all nations. Get up and go, church. Get up and go to the ends of the earth and live out your purpose. Live out your purpose for Christ. Amen? Let's stand up and let's worship the Lord one more time here in song today.
1: jesus friend of sinners we have strayed so far away we cut down people in your name but the sword was never ours to swing jesus friend of sinners the truth becomes so hard to see the world is on the way to you but they're tripping over me Always looking around but never looking up. I'm so double minded. A plank god saint with dirty hands and a heart divided. Whoa, oh, Jesus, friend of sinners. Open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our hearts be led by mercy help us reach with open hearts and open doors jesus friend of sinners break our hearts for what breaks yours
2: Jesus, friend of sinners, the one who's riding in the sand May the righteous turn away and the stones fall from their hands Help us to remember that we are all the least of these Let the memory of your mercy bring your people to their knees
1: Nobody knows what we're for, only what we're against. when we judge the wounded? What if we put down our sides, cross over the light, love like you did? Oh, oh, Jesus, friends of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our the sinners break our hearts for what breaks yours Sing how good you
2: are. Cause you are good, you are good, and your love endures forever. You You are good, you are good, you are good, so
1: good,
2: and your love endures forever.
3: Friend to sinners, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. You will never ever be happy in life, no matter what, until you discover that purpose that God had created you for. Right? So I want you to just uh, go ahead and open up. If you still, if you'd like to. Um, connect more, go ahead, please connect to the groups. Next week, we're going to wrap up the the portion of the messages in here and we're going to talk about the way of life which we're going to talk about the ultimate thing making a difference. Everybody said even secular people say, people who make a difference in others' lives Live a more fulfilled life, and that's because we were created to do that. So I want you guys to have a a great day. Also, if you're coming tonight, 4 o'clock, be here to help set up and and to connect. Um, Tell those in your uh, family and community we want to have this place filled with kids, having a great time. And then everybody be here 5 to 7. We'd love to see you. God bless. Have a great week.